Sasha. Hey, Courtney. I don't know why they haven't found the lost city of Atlantis yet. Uh, what do you mean? Well, it's Atlantis. Why don't they just look there? <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> like seven takes of that intro yeah we'll put one at the end of this episode the best one it was the it was the best one i sing sasha sang in between <laughs> take one and take two and then we both kind of lost it we were like all right let's get back to it and we were not ready to get back to it we were not ready <laughs> yes yeah, so welcome to spoop hour. hour we're a paranormal comedy podcast i'm courtney i'm sasha and we are two Halloweenies who talk about spoopy things, which apparently not everybody knows what that term is. Yeah. We're, par- we're participating in a Twitter thread about the origin of your podcast name. And ours literally was just like, we were texting one day and we were just like, what if we talk about spooky stuff? And we call it Spoop Hour because it'll be an hour of us talking about spoop. And I remember recording our first episode and I was like, I don't know if we have an hour of material. And I was like, shut up, I got feelings. And we do. And we've had yeah. like 30... 3, 34, 32. I, I think this is 33. 33 episodes times one hour, so 33 yeah. hours of material. Except for our one pilot that we did when we watched Murder in Small Town X. Right. Yeah. That but, one was 30 minutes. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And it was also was, like, no, it several was like, years ago. It was an hour. It might be between 45 minutes yeah. and an hour. I don't know. It was a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that one doesn't count. But yeah, that we've doesn't... got more than a day's worth of material now. Oh my god. If yeah. you wanted to spend all day listening to our dulcet tones... And some special guests talking about the things that scare us. You totally could. You could do it for a day and change. Mm-hmm. So if you if you could fly to Australia two and a half times. There we go. Actually, not two and a half times. Just twice. There <laughs> and back. Because it's 15 hours. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. When I, I snorted and... <laughs> We're nice. drinking juice, y'all. Like, that's not a euphemism. We're not drinking wine. We're not drinking grown-up juice. It's literally just, as we've mentioned, we're getting ready to move, and we have two bottles of sparkling apple juice, essentially, yeah. in our fridge. So we're drinking sparkling apple grape juice. So thanks, Martinelli's. Right? It looks like red wine, but it's not. And it's fizzy, and it's lovely. Yeah. So that's, I guess, our spoop snack for the day. Yeah. 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 I've sworn off drinking for now. (laughs) (laughs) Sasha had a bad night. I had a bad night, y'all. Craft brews. Very potent. (laughs) It was a craft brew. And actually, not even craft brew. Like, like, like home brews. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 If you make your own beer, you don't get to control the alcohol content. (laughs) So, uh... I went to college with a guy who was really good at mixing drinks. And when I say really good, I mean, from what I heard... Because I didn't drink when he was making drinks for everyone. From what I heard, they wouldn't taste like alcohol, but mm-hmm. they'd be like 150 proof. Yep. So when he made you a drink, you had to be real careful. Because I had to carry more than one person up and down the stairs because of Did his he play drinks. tuba? No, he no. played trumpet. Okay. Because there was a tuba player who was really good also at making that? jungle juice oh, that no. doesn't taste like anything. And that's why I almost died on St. Patrick's Day my senior year. <laughs> Yeah, Ken would make any, like, you oh, would, li- Ken. Yeah, 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 you'd literally just go up to Ken and be like, I want a drink, and he'd, like, mix some stuff together and hand it to you. So it wasn't like he made 8 billion proof jungle juice. He would make you an individual cocktail yeah. that would trash you. Yeah. But again, he stopped going to parties when I started drinking, because I didn't start drinking until I turned 21, because I'm the worst. <laughs> and now I'm drinking juice. What's our topic today, Sasha? Uh, if you could tell from the joke... Lost places things underwater. That have sunk. Yeah, because so, it's still mermaid. Not necessarily Atlantis only, but no. things that are like Atlantis. Yes, yeah, so things that have that were above the ocean and that are now no longer above the ocean because it is still mermaid. And even though we took a little mermaid hiatus last week, last week with our crystal healing and shenanigans, 
we're back to it. And I would like to take a moment. A friend of mine from high school runs the Instagram and Etsy shop Oplesiosaur. And she is doing a series. I love Oplesiosaur. She's so sweet. I love her to bits. And her design work is really good. So if you like puns, and obviously you like puns, you listen to this podcast. Serena, who does the Oplesiosaur page, is also doing mermaid but she's doing it a little differently specifically she's doing reverse mermaids and the one she posted today made me laugh so hard reverse mermaids are the best it's so good so today's reverse mermaid from oplesiosaur had me laugh so hard i will ask her permission so that we can post this on our instagram but look at that motherfucker. Oh my god. It's a half... So her reverse mermaids obviously are fish on the top, lady on the bottom. And this is a pair of very sexy ladies' legs, and the upper body is just crab. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed so With hard. arms up. Yep. Pinchers up. Yep. Apparently it was a request from her wife that she do a reverse mermaid like this. Her other ones have also been great. Like oh, yeah. Hammerhead Shark. Oh my god. With sexy lady legs. But Jack would like that. It's, he likes a good hammerhead shark. Who doesn't, man? Right? They've got a weird head. Yeah. Although there is, oh god, I don't remember what its head was shaped like, but I remember looking at it and being like, oh, you sad, ugly motherfucker at the aquarium in Sydney. It was a yeah. There's There was this really great thing in the shark tank, shark and ray tank at yeah. Baltimore Aquarium um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I found out it's actually... It's, it's it's the sawtooth one. Oh, the sawfish. Right? Yeah, but yeah. it's 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 a manta. Yeah, it's it's a ray. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, you're so goofy looking. Yeah. And I just was like, that was my new friend. We they have had... a stuffed one in the gift shop, oh. and it was so round and it was so cute, and I couldn't justify buying it you for fool. myself. I know. Maybe next time I go to the aquarium. Yeah. Next time I see that, I'll just be like, all right, you're an adult, you can do this yourself. When we fed the sharks at the Sydney Sea Life in our glass bottom boat. Mm-hmm a sawfish was in the shark tank and the sawfish that motherfucker wanted some chum because he was like hey y'all what y'all doing so he kept coming up to say hey he's really cute they're really cute and the one that we saw was only like three meters long apparently they get to be like six meters long yeah they're pretty long yeah they they get to be big and the thing that is the most risky about them is because they have the giant awkward saw teeth they get stuck in nets so people mostly leave them alone and they're mostly harmless but they get stuck in nets that's so sad yeah because they're just you know they got a bulky nose which happens these are all slightly off topic observations about things that live in the ocean because we are still dealing with mermaid yeah so before we jump back into mermaid though we've got a couple of stories from listeners which oh my god thank you for sending stories in just send us we love you i oh my god flip out always thank you I, like I said, I've taken to trawling murderinos for them, and, like, every fucking murderino except for me has a ghost story, and they're all incredible, so that's fine. (laughs) But if you have ghost stories, spoophour at gmail.com, or you can Twitter or Instagram us, both places, we're at spoophour. And as always, spotter's guide to who's running the Twitter. If it's gifts, it's me. If it's emoji, it's Sasha. Yeah. Or lots of exclamation points. Yes. I like exclamation, I like punctuation. I... I use minimal punctuation, so if there's no punctuation or if there's just one punctuation, it's me. (laughs) So, spotter's guide. (laughs) But if it's somebody talking about Japan, it really could be either of us. Yeah. Anyway, today's story comes from Murderino Martha. Thank you, Martha. And she just wrote me up a really quick little one, and she might be reaching out to me with more, but this one was good. Okay, good. When my son was three, we lived in an open concept apartment. So one day, my sister, son, and I are watching TV on the couch. Well, out of nowhere, my son randomly looks over to the kitchen and says, I don't like that man under the table. Ah! He's always staring at me. Stop! What? Martha? (laughs) (laughs) And she does the two, like, horrified emojis. She goes, me and my sister just look at each other like, WTF? I always felt like someone was home when I was home alone. So weird. Martha, I hope you don't live in that apartment anymore. I hope you're okay. I hope you're, I mean, she, obviously. She wrote the story, but I hope you're okay. okay. I hope you're still okay, Martha. (laughs) I hope your son is fine. Even if it were an actual human being under the table staring at you, I don't like that shit at all. I don't like human men hiding under shit and looking at me. I just don't like it. Yeah. That story just reminds me of the the story we told in the um, Urban Legends episode. Uh Uh-huh. Where, uh. The, you know, humans can lick, too. Oh, no! 
Yeah, I know. I'm not going to sleep tonight. Uh, we got to stop recording these this close to bedtime. Right. Like, it's not that close <laughs> to bedtime, but we're definitely going to have to cool down with, like, an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, y'all. Thank you, NBC. Thanks, NBC. I thought I hated you forever after you canceled Community, but now you've done unfucked up. So thanks, yeah. NBC. Please don't sue me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I just live in fear of someone suing us. Good. I don't know. <laughs> that seems don't know. healthy. That seems fine. So, yeah, that's our little story. If you have a story like that, it can be quick. It can be long. We're going to read it. Mm-hmm. We love it. It makes us happy. And it makes us afraid of our tables. Right. <sighs> anything spooky happening to you this week? This week? Um. I feel like I didn't have anything this week. Well, we did have that, like, we <laughs> we walked into Ashley Furniture and yeah. basically immediately found our thing. That wasn't so much spooky as just, like, hashtag blessed. Yeah. Especially since, like, so many other things have not been going right yeah. <laughs> in our collective lives Bas- recently. Basically. That we were able to get a couch and be out of there in, like, 20 minutes. And not amazing. only that, we happened to pick the one day where they're having this, like, insane sale. So I got an $1,100 chaise lounge for, like, 350 bucks. Right. So, and it, it was, it's a one-day sale, but apparently they only do this time of the year. And we just happened to get there right in the middle of the sale. Right. And actually, it was also a timed sale. Yeah. So we got there right at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. And so we got the biggest discount. It yeah. was real nice. It was real nice. And then I bought a dress from the little girl <laughs> section at Target. And I was really excited about it because I can fit into the extra large of the little girl section. <laughs> Sasha's the size of an was, extra large child. My, my mom was really impressed with it. She was like, you yeah. look like you're going to the beach in Okinawa. And I was it's like, cute. I feel like I'm going to the beach in Okinawa. Also, this dress came from the little girl <laughs> section at Target. You're so honest. I would have just kept that to myself. I had a maternity oh, I was shirt so that I wore all the time in college. Yeah. Because for Halloween, I'm, I have never in my life been pregnant. Let me clarify. I have no business shopping in the maternity section, whatever. But I was a red panda for Halloween my senior year of college. Oh, I remember that. Because I love red pandas. Who doesn't? And everybody fucking thought I was a cat, which, like, I love cats too, but I had a striped tail, motherfuckers. But whatever. I, mean, I was a red panda. I think Zelda has a stri- stripey tail. Too. I know, but I had the, like, red. And- yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, yeah. I did a great job. Anyway, I bought a red shirt from the maternity section because it was the right shade of red and it was cheap and it was so comfortable that I went back and I bought another shirt from the maternity section. Nice. And you couldn't tell it was maternity. I wore it a lot. Yeah, no, my mom thought I might be wearing a mater- thing from the maternity section because I was like, guess where, I, like, what oh. part of Target I bought it. She was like, uh, like, you're phrasing it in a way that it should be, like, not a normal, yeah. like, whatever. Like, like you, yeah, did, you didn't buy it in the girls section. <laughs> That was about it. Yeah, nothing nothing spooky. That was just, like, the one notable thing. Oh, well, I guess, like, it's not spooky. It could have been spooky, but I had to stay after school by myself until 5 on Friday, but Julia stayed with me. Oh, that's nice. Because I get get spooked a little bit when I have to stay after by myself. I was home alone last night, and even though I have – I was on the legitimately creepy part of Pretty Little Liars, Don't Judge Me, not about Pretty Little Liars, about getting creeped out at part of it. So I didn't watch any Pretty Little Liars yesterday – and yet still, being home alone, I was like... Oh, yeah, I remember you. When I came home on Friday, you were like, I'm glad that you're home now. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the creepy part where, like, there's the dollhouse and they're like, it's too real. It's too much life stuff of, like, creepiness. Yeah. Not bullshitty, oh, it's an omnipresent teenager who's torturing you. It's when it's, like, spooky life stuff where it's like, people will kidnap you and force you to behave in ways that you don't like. Nope, 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 nope. Don't like that. Don't care for adult men hiding under things and looking at me. Just a big nope. Big nope. But a big yep is sunken civilizations. Yeah, so... Flawless segue. Shall I start with Atlantis? Yeah, go for it. And then we'll go to other places. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're going to start with Atlantis because that is... The most famous, I think, of the sunken cities. That's true. Yeah. It's, it's usually whenever you are describing somewhere else that is a sunken city, you say an Atlantis-like like yeah. sunken city. Yeah. Right? One of the ones that I am going to talk about, it's like, much like Atlantis, all yep. over. All, all over the place. Yeah. Yep. So. It's I, the one to beat. It's the one. Yeah. It's it's the place. Man, this juice is going straight to my head. <laughs> all right. So, Atlantis. <laughs> Um, is a fictional, emphasis on fictional, island mentioned within an allegory on the hubris of nations in Plato's work, um, Timaeus and Critias. I need oh. to work on my pronunciation yeah, because, really... uh, shout out to... The Bic Podcast, which I can only say if I kind of do their accent because I don't know how else to pronounce that word. 
Um, They're helping us out. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned to them that we had tried and failed to pronounce some Gaelic in our mermaid episode, and they went and listened, and we were not even close. It's Majimara was the thing we were trying to say. And I don't know how we said it, but it wasn't that. It definitely was not that. Because there were so many letters, but we did our best. (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's hard. So thanks, Bake Podcast, for keeping us on the straight and narrow, Gaelically speaking. Exactly. (laughs) Well, so anyway, in Plato's works, um, where it represented the antagonist naval power that besieged ancient Athens Uh in a pseudo-historic embodiment of Plato's ideal state in the Republic. In the story, Athens repelled the Atlantic. Atlantean attack, unlike any other nation in the known world. And so, you know, trying to give this testament like Athens is the best, right? Oh, it's like yeah. what Plato so is. Everybody yeah. else Everybody sucks. else sucks. And the story eventually concludes with Atlantis falling out of favor with the deities and submerging into the Atlantic Ocean. Cool. So even though Atlantis is a very minor piece of Plato's work, mm-hmm. for some reason Atlantis is like the thing it blew the that fuck like people have latched onto over the centuries. The allegorical aspect of Atlantis has been mentioned in works from like several Renaissance writers cool. and then also like 19th century scholars who would like misinterpret Plato's things and blow up Atlantis even more, you know. Yeah. And then like there are still, you know, people even now who are like convinced that it exists even though Right. C- consensus is it doesn't. It it's, couldn't it, it, yeah. yeah, it does not exist. Yeah. So, I didn't know it was Plato who started the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that it was some, like, unsourced Greek myth. No, it, it was Plato. Um, and, yeah. like, so one of the things about... I wonder if Plato's mad that it wasn't the cave that took off. I feel like he really put all of his eggs in the cave into basket. That basket, yeah. And yet we're like, but Atlantis, though, go back to that one. What's right. the deal with that? Because well, I think about, like, even, what, the t- Disney movie Atlantis, they talk about the Shepherd's Journal, and I think it has a lot to do with, like, Plato and some other, like, oh. research people were, like, looking for Atlantis. Gotcha. And so... A couple of things about Atlantis. So, one, going back to those two books that Plato wrote, mm-hmm. we have a complete version of Timaeus. We don't have a completed copy of Critias. Oh, okay. So, Critias ends after <laughs> Zeus, the head of the Greek gods, collected all the gods into their most holy habitation, Ooh. which, being pla- placed in the center of the world, beholds all created things. Sure. And, you know, when he called them together, he spake as follows. <laughs> I love the word spake. And then it ended there. Oh, like that's man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for you to do yeah, your no, Zeus no, voice. No, no, no. I was waiting for you to be like, this um, is where we will live. That's yeah, my no, it's just, voice. it was just like, and here, da 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 da. <laughs> and it just ends there. Like, that's, I, that's it. There's no, there's nothing after it. I love that you're doing a Greek god pose for our non-visual medium know, podcast. But just it's such a good posing. pose. Just imagine, like, one arm's kind of raised, like she's about to spake. 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 And then she spakes nothing. Yeah. She spaketh not. So, there's a big question mark, right? It's not known if Plato left the book incomplete on purpose or if the finished version was lost long, long ago. Yeah. So we're missing the ending of Critias, but it's also thought that Plato had planned to write at least a third book on Atlantis called Hemocrates. Uh. And there are a couple of facts to support that theory. There's a line that says, Critias will grant your request and we request the... We will grant the same by anticipation to Hemocrates as well as to you and Timaeus, which suggests that a third account of the story was supposed to be given by Hemocrates. Okay. Yeah, so it sounds like there it was like a three-part story that we just don't have. I would love if he had literally just, like, the last page had just been a giant question mark. Right. How good would that be? That would have been great. (laughs) Um, And also the names of the books contain a little bit of a hidden message where Timaeus comes from the Greek Tio, which means honor, and Critias comes from the Greek Krima, which means judgment. And then Hermocrates is from Hermes, the messenger of the Greek god. And so it may be, like, they're now wondering what would be the message that that volume was supposed to yeah, right? It's just, like, different perspectives on the world. Yeah. And that was going to be the lightning-fast messenger perspective. Right, and they were wondering if maybe that would have touched on, like, why Athens' attack on Syracuse failed and how Syracuse was able to defend itself oh. and blah, 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 blah. Yes. So, a little bit weird. It's maybe the unknown. lost city of Atlantis buoyed back up and was like, I heard you were talking shit, Plato. Don't <laughs> finish this fucking series, boy. <laughs> um, so actually continuing to kind of stick on the Greek gods part. Cool. Um, Atlantis was named after a demigod. Oh. Most people think Atlantis is like the Atlantic Ocean. Like, oh, it yeah. you know, makes sense, right? <laughs> but, it's one letter um, different. The story goes that Poseidon, who is the Greek god of the sea, had five pairs of male twins with a mortal Atlantean woman named Cl- uh, Clato. 
Keep it in your pants. Right? And the god Ugh. gave to each of his ten sons different portions of the island which over which to rule. And his oldest twin, Atlas, the oldest twin, Atlas, was the one who ended up having the whole place named after him. Okay. So Atlas, Atlantis. Yeah, he was the firstborn, so he got to, you know, name the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> and when, good for him. Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah, but that's just, oh my god, that poor woman. Right. Because you know Poseidon's not a very involved Mm-mm. dad. He's probably just like, yeah, raise all ten of my kids. Right. Christ. So while Plato is, like, totally sure that, you know, Atlantis is the real thing, even yeah. though, like, it's not, it's right? Not. Yeah. But he's it's like, but his, it is, though. Right. It's real to him. <laughs> that's um, all that matters. Th- there is some question about, like, where it is, obviously. I yeah. mean, that's something that people have continued to even research now with, like, yeah. modern technology. There was an article that was put out in 2011 and another one that came out in 2013 and another one from, like, 2018 where it's all just about, like, different scientific studies where they're doing 3D mapping of oh. oceans or of mudflats or places where maybe they could do archaeological digs down. Yeah. And they're finding, you know, evidence of other things that are not Atlantis. That are down there. But there's also, like, we've also mapped the entire ocean and we definitely <laughs> have not found a lost continent that would fit, you know, the description of Atlantis. Yeah. So the... Maybe the fish ate it. Right. Maybe, maybe. it got stuck in a sawfish's saw. Right? And he just, like, swam that off That would be a it. very big sawfish. I mean, they get to be big, Sasha. Yeah, but a whole continent? Yes. Maybe it's a smaller... Con- maybe it's yeah. a little continent, like Australia. Yeah, still, that would be a really big sawfish. I mean, there are krakens. So, anyway, we <laughs> might know the location. There are um, krakens, Some people <laughs> think that it might be Santorini in oh, Greece. Oh, okay. Uh, Greece. Others think that the waters off of Bermini are... Um, hiding like a road to the lost city. Oh, the um, Bimini Road. I've mm-hmm. heard that. Then there's, you know, question maybe it's near the Straits of Gibraltar where Spain and Africa are separated by the by the sea, by you know, bit. right? The, the by little a narrow. Strait. But then, you know, it kind of narrows it down a little bit more that we know it's like in Europe, in the Mediterranean. Yeah, because it's going to um, be near Greece. Right. And so most people put it like somewhere near um, Morocco. Okay. But, yeah. But. If, if this is a real thing, then, you know, it may have also been that people were confused. Like, let me dial it back. Dial it back. The ancient Mediterranean people may have accidentally found North America or oh. South America. <laughs> so, oh, that's my um, favorite. <laughs> so that, that's another theory is that, you know, Pl- that, that Plato made up Atlantis for philosophy and for like an allegorical state, right? Yeah, yeah to make a to make a point. Yeah. But, like, when when the Egyptian priest in the story tells Solon that the island was the way to other islands, and from these you might pass the whole opposite continent which surrounded the true ocean, the surrounding land may be most truly called a boundless continent. So if they're finding a boundless continent, it may have been that some people accidentally sailed all the way to North, North America. America. Or maybe and they so, hit part of Asia and were like, what the fuck is this? Well, but coming from Morocco. Oh, from yeah, Morocco. Yeah. yeah, they probably yeah. Um, So in 1970, there was a seafarer named Thor Heyerdahl. Hey! I love it. I love um, him. So Thor Heyerdahl set sail with a crew of six people in a reed ship named the Ra 2. They sailed from Safi, Morocco, across the Atlantic and to Barbados in 57 days. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the voyage proved in 1970 that reed boats could survive the ocean travel and that ancient people could theoretically cross the Atlantic Ocean. This is much like um, how Polynesians ended up everywhere in the Pacific because they were able to get... They just got on a boat and they just went. Yeah. Yeah. And and as recently as like 2016, they did one of those across the world voyages on one of those boats. Yeah. Um, If you're good at boats, then you can go pretty much wherever. And it doesn't necessarily, this doesn't prove that ancient Egyptians or Greeks had made it to America, but it's a theory that... It was possible. It was possible. And so if anyone was able to return from a trip like that, they would be like, whoa, we found this crazy continent. (laughs) Came back. (laughs) You know, and it became like a whole... And then maybe if somebody else sailed right. out, they didn't go out as far, or they right. went in a slightly different direction, and they were like, it's just ocean out there, man, and they were like, what the fuck, it sank. Exactly. And then two more warnings, basically, from Plato. Cool. One, Atlantis could be a warning to just kind of scare people away from the vastness of the ocean. That's fair, so the So it's kind of like when we talk about, like, legends and myths that have been passed down to explain certain phenomenon, right? Yeah. That... You know, if the Greeks are wondering what lays beyond the Mediterranean, 
I'm sure other people probably want to know as well. Yeah. But Plato might be like, you know what? Ocean's scary. Ocean's scary. But <laughs> afterward there occurred violent earthquakes and floods, and in a single day and night of misfortune, all your warlike men in a body sank into the earth, and the island of Atlantis, in like manner, disappeared into the, in the depths of the sea. So, you know. Yeah. If you guys keep going out there, maybe you'll hit a crazy earthquake, you'll get you'll a get tsunami, you'll, you know, you'll have misfortune. I like the idea that he just uses the word misfortune, because it's like, you're gonna have a day where you stub your toe, and then all of a sudden the whole continent's gone. Right. So maybe it's like, you know, stay away from the ocean. Just don't fuck with it. And then it's also a warning about, like, many times mankind has been and will be destroyed. Yay! Yeah, so, you know, that the, there's, there, one thing that an Egyptian priest... It's, uh, told Solon in this story is that there have been and will be again many destructions of mankind mankind arising out of many causes. Yeah. The greatest have been brought about by the agencies of fire and water and the other lesser ones by innumerable other causes. Yeah. When on the other hand the gods purge the earth with a deluge of water, the survivors in your country are herdsmen and shepherds who dwell on the mountains. And if you are the people who dwell on the mountains, you don't know what happened to your people. And so yeah. it's like, you know, Maybe just be careful. Yeah. We'll always, something will always, you know, destroy us. <laughs> um, that's fair. That's fair. I think that's a fine I mean, warning. yeah, look at Pompeii. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, you know, just general, you know, general consensus is it doesn't exist. Yeah. But science is, now that we have more technology, some scientists, geologists, um, archaeologists, mm-hmm. and classics, um, you know, historians and scholars have kind of poked around a little bit just to see, like, what other places we haven't unearthed. But uh-huh. we're, they're all convinced Atlantis doesn't exist, but there might just still be stuff that we could find that might be, like, lost cities. Yeah. But we don't, there's no such thing as a lost continent or a lost empire <laughs> that we don't know about. Yeah. It's fun, though. I The Disney movie Atlantis, you know, I think really, I don't know, piqued my interest in particular yeah. in, like, the idea of Atlantis being a real thing. But yeah. obviously, I know it's not. And, like, I mean, except for Atlantis, the Bahamas Resort, right? Which <laughs> oh is nowhere God, near. Oh, my God, that's what Plato meant! Right? Yeah, it's, like, nowhere near what they mean. I think they talked about something about Herculean columns and oh. so many miles to the whatever direction. It's, I like... Mean, no. <laughs> Maybe Plato is just warning people about wasting all your money on really expensive vacations. And he's like, maybe just take a staycation at home and said the ocean's scary. Or go somewhere more interesting. <laughs> that has stuff to look at. Yeah. Like the cave, you assholes. Listen to my cave. I know. Right? <laughs> poor, poor Plato is like, I thought this was going to be the real winner. <laughs> it's like how Sylvia Plath thought her humor was going to make her famous. Oh, I know. And it makes me so sad. You have my copy of The Bell Jar. I have your copy of The Bell Jar. Cool. Yeah. That's spoof hour. I'm just kidding. It's not. No, it's not. <laughs> That's <laughs> that spoof half, half hour. <laughs> All right. So let's hear about more Atlantis-like cities since the <laughs> real the Atlantis is not particularly that exciting. All right. Yeah, I had no I'm idea. not a scholar. <laughs> oh, well, I... mean, I'm I, a teacher, but I'm not that Towards kind of the end of this, I'm going to drop some science on you. Yes! And... We all know I was an English major. Nice. So, anyway. We'll see how this goes. Yep. I'm going to start by talking about the lost continent of Mu, and that's M-U. Mu. Could be Mu, yeah. Yeah. Like the thing in physics where it's kind of like a backwards cursive Y. Yep. Mu. I'll say Mu this whole time because part of the way in, there's a really stupid name, and I want you to know how stupid the name is. Okay. So I'll pronounce it differently. As always... Thanks to Wikipedia and also to HiddenIncatours.com. Oh, God. <laughs> so I'm going to be pulling that website up because there's a picture I want to show you. And I'll post that on the Instagram. Okay. As the legend goes, Lemuria, or Mu, was a continent between what is now Asia, Australia, and North America. So if you kind of triangulate those bad boys uh-huh. right in the middle of the Pacific Ring of Fire. So that giant plate that's yep. there had a continent on it? Yep. Okay. And I will show you a map of it because Hidden Inca Tours has a big-ass map. There it is. Right there. Wow. Yeah, it's a big-ass continent. Yeah. Like it's... That's, like, mostly that tectonic plate, isn't it? No, <laughs> it's a continent. <laughs> not even listening. <laughs> but it takes, pla- it takes up most of that Yeah, plate. it takes up yeah, so most that, that, of that the plate Ocean. would have that continent on it. Yes. Yeah. The continent contained most of the tropics by scholarly estimation, so that would include Hawaii, Tahiti, Fiji, all those places in the Pacific that we want to go to. Yeah. Because they're warm and sunny. According to Augustus Le Plongeon <laughs> in the late 1800s, who is one of the eminent 
Lost Continent of Mew scholars who was one of the first to pitch the idea. Mm-hmm. He believed that, much like Atlantis, Mew had been an early civilization that sunk beneath the ocean because of a natural disaster. Le Plongeon's theory was that a massive volcano eruption triggered a series of earthquakes that ultimately sank the continent. He even said that the Queen Moo, a refugee from the Lost Continent with the dumbest name because it is no joke spelled like the cow noise, M-O-O. Queen Moo. Queen Moo, the dumbest name, but also only refer to me as that from now on. Uh, She was a refugee of the Lost Continent of Mew, and she founded Ancient Egypt. And he said that other refugees from the Lost Continent became the Mayans of Central America. So his idea was it sank, but it sank in a slow enough way that people were able to get off and go do other shit. And so they went off and did ancient Egypt and ancient yeah. Mayan civilization. Yeah, this totally discounts the fact that we're all from Africa. We're not from Africa, Sasha. We're from the lost continent of Mew. It's <laughs> like you're not even listening. <laughs> then you have James Churchward, who was a writer in the late 1800s and early 1900s. And he took La Plongeon's theory and ran with it like he had stolen it. <laughs> he wrote several books on the topic of Mew. Churchwood, Churchward claimed that while he was a soldier in India, he befriended a, quote, high-ranking temple priest, which is white person speak for any brown person who talks to them during this era, <laughs> and that this priest shared with him two clay tablets covered in what Churchward claimed was a long-lost, and this is his term, Naga Maya language. Okay. The priest was one of two people in India who could read it, and he taught that language to Churchwood. So now you, now Churchwood can do whatever the fuck you My want. My hope is that this is just some nice Indian person trolling this. Oh God, I hope so. This lame ass white man. Right? Like he's just like, I'm going to put these clay tablets in the sun for a long ass time. And then this dumb fuck is going to try and I decipher just, my kid's scribbles. Think of um the guy, the Wamapoke. Oh yes, yeah. exactly. Doobie, 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 doo. Yeah, yep. basically doing that. Yep. Love it. I like that reading. Let's all keep that in our head yeah. because church word gets a little casually racist about everything. Upon reading the tablets, and this is where it gets a little bit racist, uh, church word discovered that they originated from what he called the place where man first appeared. Mew. Told you. Not from Africa. So not Africa. Mew. Mew. In the 1931 edition of Churchward's book, The Lost Continent of Mew, he claims that all matter of science in this work are based on translations on, of two sets of ancient tablets. So these are the two stone tablets that the Indian priest had. Okay. Mew, Churchward claimed, I keep calling him Churchwood, it's Churchward, but eh, I just, mm. I don't know why. Anyway, it was the site of an advanced civilization called the Nacal, okay. N-A-A-C-A-L, which flourished between 12,000 and 50,000 years ago okay the knackle was and this is where it's gonna get a little casually racist so i'm gonna go ahead and encourage you to mispronounce churchwood's name like i've been doing the knackle was a quote white race superior in many aspects to our own so Mm. not only did life originate on mew it originated with white people White people ruin everything. Mm-hmm. By Churchward's em- estimation, when Mew sunk back into the ocean, it had about 64 million inhabitants, which is fucking bananas for this time, but mm-hmm. okay. It had multiple big cities, and it had started colonizing other continents, because white people can't just keep their own shit, they gotta go elsewhere and take other people's shit. Mm. So even in this interpretation, where white people started civilization, they go and they steal it from everybody else. Anyway... Like Le Plongeon, Churchward believed that a massive volcanic event and ensuing earthquakes caused Mew to lose the buoyant gases. <laughs> I included that detail just for you. Good. Yesterday so, I farted while I was... <laughs> just once. No, I, I farted while I was, you know, several homebrews deep, <laughs> and it cleared the room. Bless. I am going to be embarrassed about it for the rest of my life. That's okay. <laughs> I threw up on the metro once. <laughs> I, w- I wasn't even that drunk at that point. It was mostly I was motion sick. Yeah. And it just so happened that I had had several mimosas earlier in the day and a bottomless brunch. Yeah. It was mortifying. And this is the first I've ever told anyone it other yeah. than like 
And you heard, it here, first, that, you heard it here first, folks. I threw up on the Metro. I was mortified. And it was probably the beginning of the end of that relationship. I'm just kidding. The beginning of the end was long before that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Mew loses its buoyant gases because of all the earthquakes farting them out. And then, so let me explain this better. Yes. Churchward thought that Mew had floated up from the sea floor because of these buoyant gases under it. So kind of like a bubble. So like you have the island and then underneath is a giant fart and the giant fart lifts it up to the surface uh-huh. and then the earthquakes happen, the fart comes out and then it sinks again because uh... it's not being held up anymore. So it farts away its buoyant gases and it sank back down once it came. Churchward believed that Mew had been the originator of more than just the Mayans in Egypt, so he took it further than Laplongeon did. He thought that the refugees of Mew were also the founders of Greece, India, Burma, Easter Island, and more. But they were white. I mean, <sighs> they were colonizers, so whiteness gets... Def- I don't fucking know, don't man. Know. Because he none just, of this makes sense, it, you French fuck. <laughs> He just wanted a lot of white people to be everywhere, so he could just take all of that shit away, too. I'm sorry, I want to dial it back. I'm sure French people are really nice. I've never been to France. Because, I don't know that Churchwood was but I don't French. think Churchwood was. Le Plongeon, yeah. Yeah, the guy who started it did, but he was less casually racist, yeah, so. Yeah, so Churchwood, you can suck a dick. Dumb shit. <laughs> He believed, Churchward believed basically any continent with a megalithic stone structure anywhere on it was the result of Mew culture. He said that it was famed for its stonework throughout the world. So basically like the Easter Island heads, anything that was just like a big honking piece of stone that we carved to be another thing, any kind of henge, any of that. Mount Rushmore? Mount Rushmore probably. Any of it? (laughs) Probably Mew. Great. Yeah. Mostly like Easter Island heads and like stonehenge and all of that that's all mew Mm. they fucking loved giant rocks who doesn't churchward even built out a mythology that he claimed was mew in origin so among this mythology uh he claimed that the sun god ra of egypt was derivative from the king of mew whose name was ra with two a's and then when he migrated over the egyptians thought he was a god i don't know white people Recurring iconography, like birds, the relationship of the earth to the sky, and the way the sun was represented in these cultures were also all evidence of Churchwood's Mew. And this is where in my notes I get a little sassy. He did not think about the fact that birds are literally everywhere, and also pretty much anywhere you go, the earth is going to be below the sky from our perspective, but whatever. So basically, you know how we talk about, sometimes in mythology there's these like, overarching themes yeah that you see again and again right and instead of just marveling at wow we happen to look at the same star and come up with the same idea of what that star actually is church word said this is the lost continent of mew the reason why people worshiped the sun all over is because the lost continent of mew came in and was like you You're know who's worship. great the sun uh and, like, he's like, look, they have birds in their iconography. And it's like, bitch, birds are everywhere. That's the whole plot line of Alfred Hitchcock's The Bird is because they outnumber us and they're everywhere. I love birds. I'm not afraid of them. But there are more of them than there are of us. That's true. So, like, it's not a novel concept to incorporate birds in your shit because birds are in everybody's shit. Birds are everywhere. Birds. birds. What even are birds? We just don't know. We just oh, don't okay, know. Oh. Her ba- I was, like, trying to figure out what I was looking at. Oh, Zelda's, Zelda's back around. leg. But yeah. I thought it was her tail, and then her tail was there, and I was like, I don't... <laughs> what is she doing? What is she... Zelda has, like, eight tails. Don't yeah. worry about it. But, yeah, that's basically all you need to know about Mew. It's ancient, it's sunk, and it was a lot more advanced than it should have been at the time. Okay. So, that's where Churchward, Laplongeon, I even found a conspiracy theorist dude who's like, I've written books on the subject, and I have over 800 YouTube videos about it. He also believes that the Lost Continent of Mew is a thing. And now, I'm not going to explain why, but I want to talk about Yonaguni. So, (laughs) we're going to do a little role reversal, where instead of Sasha talking about Japan, I'm going to talk about Japan. And it's funny, because you're literally talking about a place where... Uh, like i'm from yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you yeah. had atlantis so i, atlantis. I was like dibs dibs yeah. dibs i forgot about this thing yeah. but you have mentioned it before in a past mm-hmm. episode but we'll get into that in a second so most of this came from yonaguni.ws and newscience.com so between okinawa and taiwan something weird lurks beneath the water 
Yonaguni, aka Donan in the local dialect, uh, it has a its own language. Like it's it's like a subset of Japanese. So in the same way that like so Oki- Okinawa Hogan. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. similar, but it, it is different from the Okinawan dialect, right. according to my reading. And it's it's mostly dying out, and most of the people there speak primarily Japanese, but they do have... Anyway, they call it I, Donan. Uh, yeah, yeah you're, preachi- you're preaching to the choir right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's a tiny island that is a popular diving site because of the large population of hammerhead sharks mm-hmm. that do not have sexy lady legs. They're nope, just full just hammerhead, sharks. hammerhead sharks. And occasionally people will see a whale shark, which is pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In 1985, though, yeah. off the southern coast of Yonaguni, Kihachiri Aratake comes across Kaite Iseki, which is underwater ruins. Mm-hmm. Kaite means ocean, and it's part of the first character is part of my name in Chinese. That's not relevant. I just no, because that's Chinese. I know, this but it's Japanese. the same character. It's the same character. <laughs> my name in Chinese means sea flute. It's very pretty. Anyway, so Aratake came across a raised platform with a terraced structure, mm-hmm. and it was fucking huge it was about 100 by 50 meters wide and up to 25 meters tall Mm -hmm. dubbed the yonaguni monument the structure seemed to be man-made and beyond that it may have been the remains of a sunken city so aratake thought this was a big fucking deal the way i think most people would if they came across a huge hunkin thing under the water Mm -hmm. that looked like people had made it and he made an official announcement about his discovery to which everybody said nothing yeah. Pretty much nobody ever did anything with it. It went unlauded and unexplored. But in 1996, Professor Masaki Kimura, who is a geology professor with the University of the Ryukyu in uh, Okinawa. Mm-hmm. Ryukyu University, yep. Yeah. Mm. It, so Kimura started surveying the structure, and he made some very interesting observations. His team argued that the structure was man-made, and he cited the perfect right angles, apparent hallways, and staircases, rows of holes dug for moving rock, and what appears to be a form of writing on the walls of the structure. The stairs in particular looked carved, and Kimura claimed to have identified a massive pyramid, castles, monuments, and a big stadium among the ruins. There are roads, he says, and walls, water channels, and grooves that would indicate that the rocks were pulled from a quarry. But most interestingly, Kimura claims that he has found stone tools and a stone tablet covered in ancient letters among the ruins. Does this sound familiar, other than the fact that you know this story? Does it sound like maybe the lost continent of Mew? Uh, no, like really, he thought, it, he oh, thought that was what it was. was? Oh, okay. Yeah, Kimura thought it was. He was like, okay. oh shit, because it's right where mm. that, con- well, part of that continent right, is supposed right. to be. Granted, it was a massive continent that took up most of the Pacific Ocean, yeah. so it would be hard not to and get it. to give people some context, Yonaguni is the last island, or one of the last islands in the Ryukyu Island chain, so like the very, very southernmost tip of Japan. Yeah. And the islands only get smaller as yeah. you continue. And so Okinawa is literally the landmass. Like, the main island of Okinawa mm-hmm. is twice the size of Fairfax County. Fairfax County is, like, it's not it's not very large. It's not small, but <laughs> it's, it's not, not small, big. Right. So if you just imagine two Fairfax counties, so like, here to, like, Loudoun County. Yeah, that's not. It's not a lot, right? That's, like, 180 miles square. Yeah. It's not a lot. It's and then much. each island you go to, so the next one is Miyako, besides, mm-hmm. like, the Yayama Islands, and then Ishigaki, and then mm-hmm. I think it's Yonaguni. Yeah. Uh, it's, if he's looking for a lost continent, it's definitely not a tiny island. So from what I could tell from my research, Kimura didn't go in trying to find a lost continent. Yeah. He just heard about this thing, and he was like, hmm, I'm going to go check out the structure because I'm right by there. I'm just going to go and take a look and see for myself. And he took his team and he claims to have found all of these other things. Mm-hmm. Most scientists are like, you're full of shit. Yeah. You didn't actually see this stuff. Nobody else has seen it. But he maintains that like, he went in not expecting to find anything, found this, and now he's pretty sure that it's the lost continent of Mew, or right. at least part of it. So I guess the idea is that the other part of it would be under Japan, like proper. Yeah. Which doesn't, really makes sense but Mm -mm. i that's not really how the ocean floor works no but like i guess or how that plate works because japan is the the way the plates are there like the continent couldn't be under japan yeah and like the way (laughs) most maps when they're guessing where Mm -hmm. the continent is Japan is smack dab in the middle of where they say this continent is. So if it sank, it sank really weird so that Japan stayed up, I guess. 
So most scientists say he's full of shit, and this is where I'm going to get a little sciency. Mm-hmm. So as I say in my notes, this is going to get a bit sciency. So hold on, I was an English major who used my electives to take foreign languages that weren't not on my end. That's funny because I used my electives to take science classes I didn't yeah. need. Yeah, that's why that's <laughs> why I put that in there because I was like, well, Sasha, I can't just say I was an English major because so is Sasha, and she took science classes. For I took fun. language classes for fun. <laughs> It's fine. And I didn't take not on my end because it's not a real language, you (laughs) dumb fuck. So basically, there's a weird geological phenomenon that occurs as part of plate tectonics. And as you have said, there's there's a big-ass plate right there. And because it's, you know, the Pacific Ring of Fire, part of the reason why that is is because of the way the plate tectonics work. You get a ton of earthquakes, you get a ton of volcanoes because they're all, like, shifting around and whatever. And that's also why California gets a ton of earthquakes, but that's neither here nor there. The Earth's crust consists of light seal rocks, which are continental crust rich in aluminum silicates. These rocks float on the heavier SEMA rocks, which are what make up the oceanic crust, which is heavier because it's made of magnesium silicates. So you have the aluminum silicates, which float, and then the magnesium silicates, which sink. Seal is not usually found on the ocean floor because the crust is a few kilometers thick, Mm -hmm. and there's the heavier rocks that kind of sink to the bottom there. But... Continents are huge solid blocks of seal tens of kilometers thick. So it's basically these big chunks of the kind of crust that float. Mm -hmm. So since seal floats, continents float on the SEMA, which are the heavier ones, in the way that icebergs float on water, according to Wikipedia. So basically, light rocks are floating. That's what the continents are made of. Heavy rocks are the ocean floor. It means that, what that means is basically it's, pretty much impossible for a continent to sink under the ocean right because the rock that continents are made out of doesn't sink it floats so unless the continent was oops a daisies made out of ocean crust which it can't be it's not gonna sink right but lending to the idea that something is down there and why sometimes people go down there and they're like holy fuck is this a city that looks like a road it's because of continental drift and seafloor spreading. Mm-hmm. So as we all know, the shit under the earth is moving around a lot. Mm-hmm. And so continents break up, like what happened with Pangaea, and they can disappear from their original location, but they don't really disappear. They just move so right. that they're not where you think they are. And it takes hundreds of millions of years. Mm-hmm. So a continent like Mew, would it's not like one volcano would have gone off and then boom, the whole thing's gone. Right. It would take, like, 200 million years, and then you'd end up with Japan, Hawaii, Tahiti, Fiji. Right. So not really a kind of phenomenon, although I guess that would explain why it was slow enough that the 64 million residents were able to found literally everything else in the world. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. In the case of Yonaguni, Robert Schock, who is a geologist with the University of Boston, Mm -hmm. speculates that the formations are mostly natural. He has dived there multiple times because he's a seasoned diver, and I guess that's a thing geologists like to do, which is cool. He has observed that the structure is made of sedimentary rock with horizontal layers that break into parallel lines when they yep. erode. Yeah, it's it's the fracture of the sandstone. Yep. yep. And the tectonic activity there, so all the stuff that's causing mm-hmm. the earthquakes and the volcanoes, also splits the sediment, and that's going to be what splits it into the vertical lines. Right. So if something's splitting into layers and also a vertical line... What shape does that make? Stairs! Yep. Yay! And that combined with the fact that the area has very strong currents, Mm -hmm. which kind of smooths everything out and makes it look intentional, all of that gives the illusion of stairs and platforms. There's a really cool one that's called the turtle. It's just like like triangular bits that kind of look like a shape of a turtle. It's like, yeah, that's how the rock fractured. Maybe that turtle's a friend of the giant sawfish that stole all the continents. Exactly. Yeah. So, Shock, the geologist, says that the roads are really just channels that were slept, slept, swept clear of debris because of the really strong currents. Right. So, basically, it's just a bunch of co-happening geological shenanigans that kind of make it look like there's this thing. Yeah, I want to know, Yonaguni had a really big earthquake in 1998, uh-huh. and I do wonder, like, how, how it may have changed shape or, you know if anything happened to it during yeah. the earthquake. I was for part it was of this. A, it was a, a sub, submarine earthquake. Oh. Like a, yeah, so it would be yeah. underwater. Which yeah. is where this is. Right. I was on wiki travel for part of this, mm-hmm. specifically about traveling to Yonaguni, mm-hmm. and it 
still talked about the structure and it mentioned it name dropped a bunch of other ones that are around yeah because there's a bunch of shit around there mm-hmm. so my understanding is that it's all still there but i i oh yeah without no, I don't, diving I mean, in, I, don't, I don't i don't mean like if it disappeared because there was an earthquake i mean like did the structures change yeah. or add or you know yeah. like, shift at all maybe yeah. that's what no got... I, it's it's still like yeah, there has been in, since 1998 it's been on tv a bunch of times for different documentaries yeah. so that, that's why i know about it yeah the, the a really interesting thing about it in pop culture is, um, well, interesting to me, uh, in Pokemon Black and White mm-hmm. and Black 2, White 2, there is a thing called Abyssal Ruins, and it's based on the, oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the ruins. I imagine that as earthquakes happen, mm-hmm. it's going to, I would imagine that it would impact it slightly, but yeah. it's so big, it's not going to take away all of it. It just might, and like. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a geologist, so I don't know what, like, magnitude of earthquake it would take for a massive underwater structure like this to have, like, even minor damage, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Because it's so big. Right. 100 meters is big, guys. That's like a couple football fields, I think. Yeah. Or maybe one football field. A kilometer? No, it's 100 meters by 50 meters. By 50 meters. Yeah, Yeah, so a kilometer. Oh, 1,000 kilometers. Yeah. Yeah, 1,000 meters a kilometer. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's big. Yeah, yeah, that's big. So, like, even, I don't I don't even think an earthquake would, it depends on the size of the earthquake, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Would you dive there? Um, I'm scared of diving. Oh. My, I, so my dad was a scuba diver when he was living in Okinawa. Yeah. Um, that was his big hobby besides sailing. Yeah. And I don't know that he's been scuba diving in Yonaguni. Yeah. Um, but he's been scuba diving elsewhere in Okinawa, and... Yeah, we, we've talked about this, where my, my mom was, like, you know, like, liked the idea of it being, like, a man-made structure. Yeah. But there was one thing that I was reading um, in research a while back was, like, there's archaeological evidence of ancient peoples being on Yonaguni Island, mm-hmm. but when you look at their tools and their, like, like artifacts or whatever... They they were pretty primitive. Like yeah. they wouldn't be wasting their time and energy <laughs> trying to carve a mon- yeah you know like a mon- you know monolith monument underneath the ocean when it's yeah. like we just need to farm to survive. Yeah, I think yeah. it's I think it's one of those things like it's where, fun to think about. Yeah, yeah, where people are like aliens built the pyramids because it's just it's just fun to think about that instead of like we used slave, slave labor. labor to build something yeah. cool. Yeah, for like, Yonaguni, it's like there just weren't enough people and their tools weren't <laughs> like. It, like good enough yeah. to do something like that and yeah. so they're like yeah well, let's just... well then what put it there it had right. to be something else and like i've read things about atlantis where it's like atlantis mm-hmm. was smited smote 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 yeah. smote <laughs> diddly did it was spanked spanked for being too advanced mm-hmm. So it got, like, slapped down, so yeah. all of their laser guns and shit are now at the bottom of the ocean, because they were like, we can't have this, this is too much, right. smack it down. And I think the Disney one is, like, the the guy who is played by, um, Spock. <laughs> <laughs> um, no joke. Zachary Quinto? No. Actual Spock? Leonard Actual Nimoy? Spock, yeah. Because, yeah, this movie came out way oh, before yeah, Zachary yeah. Quinto he was, was like 12. even a person, yeah. <laughs> I'm um, sure he was a person, he just wasn't doing stuff. But so. not famous, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Leonard Nimoy's character was like, yeah, I was going to use the giant crystal that's been keeping us alive for all these centuries for as a weapon. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, like, I brought the destruction on ourselves or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So... Don't use giant crystal weapons. Don't use giant crystal weapons. Yeah. Um, one interesting piece of trivia that I found that I forgot to mention earlier in this yeah. episode... Was that the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration in 2012 uh-huh. had to do, add to its um, ocean facts section a, sec- uh, a piece called Our Mermaids Real and described them as half human, half fish sirens of the sea. And the post went on to describe the various appearances of mermaids in folklore uh-huh. from cave paintings to the Odyssey. But then finally, Noah comes to the final conclusion that there's no evidence of aquatic humanoids what? that has ever been found. What? And they said the agency was requested to post this clarification oh. after Animal Planet put that special oh, on that was called no. Mermaids, the body found. And people were like, oh my god, oh my god mermaids are real. And oh, so finally, yeah. the government had to step in and be like, we really, it's really not. <laughs> um, and then I also want to issue a clarification. I forgot Ish- uh, Iriomote Island when I was naming the <laughs> islands backwards. And I don't know why I forgot about Iriomote. They have this thing called the Iriomote Yamaneko. And oh. it's a jungle cat. And it's really cute. 
and it only lives on that island. Does I can't it live on a mountain, or is it a different yama? No, it's still a yama. Yeah, but it's not okay. like a. It's not like not a mountain. Like a mountain the where you're thinking of like Mount Everest mountain. It's like a hill. Oh no, <laughs> I was thinking like mountain lions, like in California. Oh no, not like no, that. not like that. No, mm. it's just cute. It's like a jungle yeah. cat. Aww. But I can't believe I missed. Yeah, so it's Okinawa, Yayama <laughs> Islands, Miyako, Ishigaki, Ryomote, and then um, Yonaguni and some other smaller islands in the area. But I'm gonna I know. have to tell the secret civilization off of Yonaguni about this, Sasha. I'm I know. So sorry. I forgot one I island in the Ryukyu Island chain. You can take revoke my Okinawan. They're gonna laser gun card. it with their advanced laser guns. I know. You poor thing. I'm terrible so Okinawan person. You are. You're really not. You're doing fine. No, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> if Yonaguni cares, then they can laser gun me first. Right. Um, there is a Terry Pratchett book called Jingo, and the premise of it is that they come across this island mm-hmm. right smack dab in the middle of these two nations that aren't explicitly at war, but they don't yeah. love each other. Just the way they're like, they, they don't like each other, but they both let the other one live. Yeah. And then there's this island that's smack dab in the middle, and they both want it, and blah, 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 blah. And cut to the end, spoiler alert, it turns out that... The, there is a bubble of gas underneath the another island. Another gas bubble. It's another giant fart, and they even make the joke that it smells like farts. But, like, every so often it comes up, and then they're like, oh my god, this island, it's got structures on it, yeah. clearly it used to be ours, whatever, we gotta claim it. And then once the gas dissipates, it sinks back down again, and it's inhabited by the curious squid. Aww, and it's their city, squid. and they built it. Um, one Plot twist. That's adorable. One right? more piece of government trivia. <laughs> the government Bermuda trivia. Triangle. Oh, yeah. Um, the U.S. Coast Guard on their website emphatically denies the existence of the Triangle region as, as a region of specific hazard to any ships or planes. In fact, the U.S. Um, Coast Guard says that a review of vehicle losses found no extraordinary factors relating to casualties or crashes. Yeah. And NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, noted that there are explanations for the supposed devil's triangle that are rooted in science and cautions there's no evidence for more disappearances in that region or any than anywhere else in the ocean yeah so i just thought that was really funny that like the government has had to issue things on like esp and vampires and aliens (laughs) because when people freak out they're like government help and atlantis i will say when we did our bermuda triangle episode one of the speculations for why the bermuda triangle was so deadly is because atlantis is under there and they have like secret crystal energy yeah and their secret crystal energy is like beaming up into the sky and fucking with our shit yeah so laser guns not that far off so write to your congressperson and tell them you are concerned about the continuous threat of atlantis and the lost continent of mew I'm just kidding. Write to your congressperson and tell them to keep net neutrality, you fucks. We have till June 11th to get that bullshit overturned. And they were hoping we would forget about it. Don't fucking forget. This isn't spoop related. This is just general. It's true. The FCC voted to end net neutrality. They kept kicking the football because when it first happened, people were really upset. And they kept hoping that the internet outrage machine would move on. Don't move on! Call them and yell at them. Fax them until they turn the fax machine off. Tell them that it's a bunch of bullshit and that you don't like it because we like our internet free and open and that we can access whatever weird shit we want to access. And if that's a story about the crystals of Atlantis, then it's a story about the crystals of Atlantis. That's been Government Corner with Courtney. Amazing. Yeah. So we'll drop some useful links and photos on our Instagram and Twitter at Spoop Hour this week with this episode. Um, This Noah post about Atlantis is kind of funny. I like the headline is, did I find the lost underwater city of Atlantis? Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's a good headline. Thanks, Noah. (laughs) um, So we'll, we'll share these things with you guys so you can take a look. Let us know if you believe in Atlantis or not. Let us know if you've ever found anything underwater that makes you think. There's something down there that's like a civilization. Yeah. Yeah. So. Or like if you've ever been on a submarine and you just like saw something out of the corner of your eye, but then you looked and it was gone. Spooky. Let us know if you've even been on a submarine. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I want to hear about that. I like sailing. I just don't necessarily know that I care to go underwater. (laughs) (laughs) I will say my dad was in the Navy and he was too big for submarines. So he was never put on submarine duty because he's a very tall man Mm. and he was too big for submarines. Ships are hard enough when you're tall. My dad hit his head on a lot of stuff, but submarines, even smaller. So itty bitty living space. Itty bitty living space. Oh my God. Everybody who's been on a submarine is a genie. Prove me wrong, listeners. Email spoophour at gmail.com. And while you're there, go ahead and tell us your spooky stories. 
we'll see you next week with more discussions for Mermaid. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Unless we are like, let's do something else. I don't know. We dig through the spooky garbage and then we present it to you. I'm Lorraine and I'm black. I'm Sarah and I'm Jewish. Hey, Lorraine, do you ever feel like there's stuff you're supposed to know about as a black person, but like, you don't? Ugh. You mean like how I should have seen Roots or read any of Langston Hughes' poems? Wait, you haven't read Langston Hughes? He's so good. Um, I'm sorry. Have you ever even seen Mel Brooks's comedy classic Spaceballs? Dude, you know I haven't seen Spaceballs. Why you gotta bring that up? Anyway, we have a podcast. It's called Learned Up. We're learning basic black and Jewish stuff so we can cross it off the list and feel less guilty. I ate my first Reuben. It was awesome. And I played for the WNBA. <laughs> Just kidding. Go on ahead to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to Learned Up. Let's get Learned Up! Hey, Sasha. Hey, Courtney. <laughs> 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 I'm just stopping about that. Da 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 da. da, da, da. Oi! <laughs> <laughs>